Hello, and welcome to the Event Safety Podcast. I'm Danielle Hernandez. Today, we're going to talk about communication and planning and communication planning. Yes, I did write that three times to make it seem the best way it could. Uh, I have the best guest. I, I am really trying, guys, to not fangirl too hard. Uh, but I am joined today by Derek Becker of the South Carolina Emergency Management Division. He is their chief of public information. And the reason I'm fangirling hard is they have this amazing social media campaign that I encourage all of you, no matter where you live in the world, to check them out. Because not only will you learn things, but they are hilarious. So Derek, welcome to the pod. <laughs> Hello, Danielle. Yeah, um, when we met at the uh, the fair up in Greenville, uh, didn't expect to be here, but we're very glad to be here. And, and thank you for following us on on social media too. Um, we're, we're kind of proud of our our Facebook and uh, all the others. Anyway, so so tell us a, a little bit about what state specifically in this case, South Carolina Emergency Management Divisions do. Sure, sure. Um, well, and there's one in all 50 states and even in the territories, too, as a state emergency management agency. So primarily, um, at least for the South Carolina Emergency Management Division, what we do is uh, ordinarily day to day, we plan for, we train and we exercise major disaster response uh, activities. Um, but when uh, a, a large disaster or a large scale emergency uh, has occurred or is about to occur, like a hurricane, uh, the governor would then declare a state of emergency and we would kick into high gear. We'd activate the state's emergency operations center, which is where I work out of normal day to day. And then we exist to make sure our local first responders, our county emergency managers have what they need to be able to respond to the disaster locally, whether it be swift water rescue teams, uh, generators, tarps, additional uh, public information support, like what we do, you know, all of those types of things, because anything and everything uh, can happen uh, in a disaster. And we typically ask our, our local agencies to ask for help before you need it. Awesome. So you, you touched a tiny bit on this and your role specifically is you do what? Uh, my role specifically is we um, manage the state's or the, uh, the agency's public information program, um, and that is uh, involves the emergency alert system, or as it's called, the integrated public alert and warning system now, so like alerts on your phone. Um, we work with the weather service and broadcasters and so forth. Um, and we have a public education and outreach program because, you know, you've got to plan for the disaster just like we're doing it at, at the agency. That personal preparedness part at home is absolutely essential. And so uh, when there's not something going on on a beautiful day when the sky is blue, we ask people just take a few minutes to prepare for an emergency, talk to your family about what you would do, heaven forbid, if a tornado were to touch down in the neighborhood or if there was a tree on your house um, or you get separated, you know, things like that. Um, and then, you know, when we get a disaster and we're fully activated, we try to coordinate with all of the state and local agencies to put out one clear, consistent message to have one hotline for people to call if they need assistance and to have a central place for like media and people with any sort of, of questions or doing any type of story on the disaster to come and get official accurate information. Uh, so before we started rolling tape, <laughs> very anachronistic statement I just made. Um, you'd mentioned a little bit about some events that you guys also help with as well. Uh, you want to touch on that real quick? 
Sure. Well, we, we take what's called an all hazards approach to emergency management. Uh, we're not just hurricanes. We're not just earthquakes, even though we've had more than our fair share this year. Um, but the, the, the planning skills, um, the coordination and efforts and things like that can be applied to all the types of emergencies uh, you can do locally um, and, and on a state level. Um, we've been able to apply our skills and, and our uh, strong skill set, I guess you could say, to um, events like the uh, 2017 eclipse uh, event. We work with the State Museum and help coordinate efforts in that regard. Um, some small, um, or not small, but local uh, agencies have requested support for things like fishing tournaments um, or uh, large festivals. Uh, football games, uh, always a big deal yeah. in the South. So there's an emergency response element to that. And emergency managers at the universities are keenly aware of the state's overarching emergency management program. So, so listeners, you've just figured out the hook as to why we're having this chat today, because, you know, <laughs> that's what all the stuff we do, only we do it with live events as opposed to hurricanes. Though, Frankly, we will plan for a hurricane, as in if there's a hurricane, you don't do your event decision made. All right. <laughs> sure, absolutely. All right. So I want I was I was hoping you could like sort of take us through the process because you guys obviously have done a lot of planning and you mm -hmm. you not only know what the, the hazard is yeah. to the specifics, and then you Let's pick one thing that, that you guys love talking about and, and run through okay. your planning process for it. Okay, well, um, about 90% of what you do for one type of disaster, you can apply to all the types of disasters and emergencies Absolutely. Your, your community <laughs> may face. Um, you know, there's some pretty universal things that you're gonna do uh, throughout all. You know, you're gonna uh, activate uh, select pe people. Uh, you know, you're gonna need a certain amount of resources and where people can go, those types of things. And so, uh, we're, we're kind of focusing now on the 10%. Um, what are the differences? Uh, you can see a hurricane coming, for example. So you have many days to let people know, to pre-stage resources, to get people out of harm's way. But at the same time, you look at an earthquake, can't be predicted. So you have to look at the back end. How do you get resources in quickly? How do you do a damage assessment very quickly? How do you um, evaluate every bridge that you might need to get from here to the Charleston area, for example? Um, so refining uh, our plans is one of the things that we look at for hazard specific. Uh, you look at a, a nuclear incident, or I should, I should say a radiological emergency in terms of a nuclear incident can mean two different things. A radiological emergency at one of our nuclear power plants very different set of circumstances, maybe a little bit slower to develop than what people might associate with uh, the word radiation. Um, so you look at that that type of extensive um, localized planning that can quickly expand to a statewide scale. And, and I assume this is like, <laughs> it did. So I assume this is like a bunch of people yeah. develop a plan sure. and mm -hmm. like a round table where you're then poke holes in it, the, the, what could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we update the state's overall emergency operations plan every single year. The hurricane plan gets updated every single year prior to the start of hurricane season. Um, the earthquake plan, I think it's every other year and you know so on and so forth. We have a schedule, essentially. Uh, we look at the hazard specifics and we have a timeline and a schedule for each. But the development of that process, we get all the stakeholders together, 
usually starts on an email chain. Hey guys, we need to do this, you know, or per my last email, all of your wonderful email isms. Um, <laughs> and uh, we ask for edits and changes. Maybe another agency has, you know, changed resources or staffing, or they've got a new capability or something. And so they want to have that included in there and just really spelled out. But yeah, we go back and forth. It's a draft process, you know, just like, you know, any sort of you know, document editing you can imagine. Um, yep. But the key thing is, as important as that plan is, is, is when you finish it, that connection that you made um, with all the people at that roundtable that, that you mentioned is a million times more valuable because you're sitting there and discussing the capabilities of each other. You know what each other has in terms of resources. You know what each other doesn't have in terms of what their capabilities are and just kind of where they stand and what their approach to disasters and emergencies are. We deal with that every single day. Um, but another agency, say Department of Social Services, they might have one or two dedicated people for us, but they're also doing many, many, many other different types of programs and many other things. So it might not be on everybody's mind. Yeah. So, so one of the things that we will say when we're doing our own trainings is planning Plans won't save you, but planning will. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the plan is great. It doesn't do any good if it sits on a shelf. Right. Um, Everybody needs to know about it. And pull it down, crack it open, walk through it with people. You know, you're not meant to get them to cover to cover. That'll no, know, it's a reference. It's a surefire way to get you to go to sleep at night, but uh, it's a reference tool. But the idea is that that plan is developed after you've gotten everybody involved and you've made those connections and you've built a team. Okay, so so we've planned for our, so, all right, guys, this is a little inside baseball, but South Carolina actually has a ton of earthquakes. In the last two years, oh. we've had a significant number of earthquakes. And if you're not from South Carolina, you're like, what are you talking about? That's a California thing. It's like, no, no, it's not. It's a South Carolina thing. They're mostly small little ones there. And yeah, no, it's quake. not fracking or volcanoes or yeah. I don't know, herds of cats. Anyway, but so so there's a lot of planning and chatter about earthquakes in South Carolina. So I know recently you guys did a whole big thing about earthquake preparedness and uh, you tied into the, I think it's a national- uh, The Great Shakeout. Yep. The Great yep. Shakeout where everybody practices. Uh, we were in the middle of a show with 2000 kids in this house. So we <laughs> opted to- not do that. <laughs> I can do it anytime. But I'm, in my head, I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that right now. But yeah, uh, but we thought we talked, we chatted about it. Anyway, I'm yeah. I'm going off off topic. But anyway, so you developed a whole bunch of resources that you've been sharing and communicating with people. So yeah, how did you develop? what you were going to tell, when you were going to tell it, and uh, what sort of tools were you uh, considering, and mm -hmm. that sort of process. Sure, sure. Um, well, uh, it, it could be a maddening process, I guess, if you're talking about <laughs> developing a creative and, and public information tools. Number one, we're crazy. Um, we, we come up with all sorts of, uh, you know, crazy ideas, uh, but most of them do make the cutting room floor uh, on ways to... <laughs> people's attention. Um, mm -hmm. I can assure you um, some of them are, are rated for kids of all ages. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, you, you talk about Earthquake Prep Week um, that we just had. We did launch a, a brand new tool called Earthquake.sc, um, and it's sort of a, a an online interactive earthquake guide mm -hmm. for people uh, to to go through. It's a digital version. We've had public printed publications for years and years and years and years, and we still have um, you know probably a, a few thousand people that that ask for printed publications. But uh, at the same time, people also want a a virtual tool. Um, and, an online tool that they can reference quickly and not have to download a PDF. Uh, and that's why we have our two, um, now two, uh, with the launch of this uh, new earthquake site, um, our new dedicated microsites, uh, hurricane.sc, which we launched uh, last year, and earthquake.sc. Um, we tried to get a URL that was simple and easy to remember for folks without a .com or a .gov or you know all that kind of stuff. And so um, just something that we could reference very quickly too with a very short URL on social media um, and say, hey, go here, check this site out. Uh, and it gives us, you know, just an added bonus of being able to pull from something very quickly um, to answer a question that somebody might have in the thick of it. Yep. So I have also noticed you've been publicizing that uh, on all of your social medias and you you even upped the game by by having you hit an Easter egg. This is after the, yeah. the shakeout week. You hit an Easter egg. You're like, hey, find this and you could win this preparation, uh, earthquake preparation kit. You know, so I'm assuming that's driving a, a fair amount of traffic. It is. It is. I have not received uh, any of the, the metrics or anything from our um or IT shop, but um, we have uh, a few hundred entries um, that we'll have to go through. We had about uh, uh, 50 earthquake kits to give away. So um, we're excited about that. You know, we had this stuff and, you know, it comes from a place of, you know, we're not marketers, we're not PR firms, we're not selling anything, we're not selling soap or uh, the latest phone or whatever. We want people to be prepared. We want people to understand the, the nature of the emergencies that we could experience because so many times over the past few years, we've seen, oh, I didn't think it could happen to us. Well, guess what? It can. Um, and if, you know, from 2020 on uh, to now has proven anything is that it can and it will happen uh, in your community. Yeah. So, so my, mm -hmm. the one thing I noticed with that particular thing is like, that's going to get some people's attention. Other people are just going to make a note of it, but it's, it's a like out of the box thinking. I was like, we're going to yeah, yeah, and so what make we make you go and look through the site for real to find this. <laughs> well, and and if people who have been following us for a while, they know that we're kind of twisted and a little crazy. So um, that hopefully, and we did give a few hints. Uh, they they looked at it as um, oh, okay. Let's let's think about if I was EMD, if I was those crazy social media folks at EMD, what word would I pick? Uh, or what yeah. little Easter egg, where would I hide it? And so um, hopefully you got a chance to review the content while they were uh, on their, their scavenger hunt. Um, and we've already gotten a little feedback. It's like, hey, this is great. I should have known you picked that word right there. So um, <laughs> it, it's, been, it's been fun. So so you, you, you're you on a variety of social medias. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Facebook is the most active as far as I can tell, but you're also on Twitter yeah. and uh, Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. You go to events. Uh, the mm -hmm. one that you referenced that that I <laughs> came up to was like, oh, I want to meet you guys, <laughs> uh, was uh, one of those uh, first responder AHJs things in a, uh, I think it was a Home Depot parking lot and there were fire mm -hmm. trucks and emergency rescue people of, of all different, yeah. um, which was cool, because like, mm -hmm. I kind of geek out on all that stuff. But uh, so 
Are there other ways that you do outreach that you plan to find people? Sure, absolutely. Well, you, you touched on um, probably one of our biggest, you know, in 2019, we hit close to 210 public events. Um, just, you know, having the booth and everything that, that you saw at uh, the, the one in Greenville. Um, of course, 2020 happened and those have really backed yeah. off a lot. And so we're looking for ways. We do have a Citizens Academy that we're, we're starting where we invite uh, a group in um, and they can uh, either sit through, uh, you know, what is emergency management and uh, have some fun with us uh, for a day um, or, or not. Um, we're getting that started back up again. Um, you mentioned social media. Uh, we were probably the first state agency to have any kind of a social media presence way back when. Um, and we've we've taken it from there and uh, we've, we've played around things like we had a Pinterest board for a while um, and uh, we might we might still it might still be out there. <laughs> but what, what is that, that emergency management uh, in the wild? Yeah, just like, uh, you know, you know, things that could interest. And that was the request of one of the earthquake program manager at the time. She wanted to post a bunch of uh, like archival photos from 1886, some of the cool things about mm -hmm. uh, the earthquake bolts in Charleston, you know, Pinterest type uh, content things, not necessarily emergency communications. Um, our Instagram, uh, we have a small following on there, but I think that's that's kind of par for the course. People typically don't go to Instagram for disasters and, and things like that. Um, Twitter used to be probably our main, um, but now really Facebook has taken over. And I think uh, people like the being able to, the interactivity uh, of it all. Most of the media, um, I still use Twitter and that's how we communicate with the media there. But for Facebook, um, that, that's kind of, I think, our, our bread and butter because that, that, People who are on Facebook now um, are, are the ones that that we're really trying to reach and get them to go do something when they need to go do something because their lives are in danger. Right. I, I would say you are what makes Facebook a place to go. Well, hey, social media is filled <laughs> with so much negativity. I mean, mm -hmm. we're calling it unofficially Operation Bless Your Heart because <laughs> you know we're, we we try to find you know, some way, even if it seems impossible to be nice to people, mm -hmm. to make sure that they have their questions asked. And so they know that we are here for them. That's the most important thing that we were here for them. Uh, there's, there's actually another human being, not a chatbot or anybody um, talking to you uh, when you need help the most. So, so now that we're, we're right in the communication portion of yeah. our conversation, I, I have a question of, you know, we in live of event safety, we frequently are talking about tone. Um, mm -hmm. no, nothing is going to make your audience more hostile to you if you start yelling at them when they arrive. You know, oh, so, sure. so, so, you know, welcoming them, showing them where their emergency exits are if they needed to evacuate. You know, don't forget where your parking lot is. Mm -hmm. It's over there. You know, when when they are coming in, sets a tone. So, mm -hmm. you guys have obviously chosen. A very relatable tone. You do things like pick a song from like a wide variety of air. I, I hope I can't imagine mm -hmm. this one person that is just into all of those different types of music. But then then you make up lyrics that are all about <laughs> yeah. being prepared for emergencies. And and then there's other stuff that that is a is almost a little bit pointed. Um mm -hmm. there's one that my mother doesn't listen to this pod, but I, I keep wanting to show her about cell phones, like how they're useful and not just, you know, 
not just for mm -hmm. sharing pictures of the grandchildren, um, yeah. but they're useful in emergencies. So, so how did you decide that that was the right way to, to communicate with people? Sure. Um, our, our song lyrics things are, they're kind of the, the brainchild of, of an ice storm um, that we had um, back in the, the winter of this year, or snowstorm, I should say. Actually, let's back that up. Winter storm, not just ice or snow. <laughs> Um, it was the one that that pummeled DC, but you know we started looking at a, a bunch of government agency feeds, and it was all the same thing. Just got black ice precautions, home precautions. Great, everybody's on message. Great, everybody is saying the same thing. That's that's what you want. But it was boring. My word, yeah. it was so boring. I mean, well, I and got it starts to just just and I got go frustrated by. with it. I mean, it was like you know torture. So. Um, I looked at the coordinator that we work with and our uh, emergency alert coordinator. I was like, all right, new door. What haven't we covered in winter storms in South Carolina? What are the things that that people would talk about um, that, that we wouldn't normally address? And so um, that's where we came up with, uh, I think it started with a, a baby shark uh, rendition. Yes. <laughs> um, that's the that's the whole thing that kicked it off as it should um, <laughs> um, but also uh people you know, things that have popped up uh through in actual disasters over the years um using your washing machine as a cooler which is a you know don't do a terrible that. disgusting I mean, idea terrible idea <laughs> putting you know, important documents and family heirlooms in your dishwasher you know all of those you know, this agency, you know, rumor control and addressing misinformation has been a part of our charter since it's, you know, we were created back in the 50s as civil defense. And so that part of it's nothing new, I guess, just the, our, our take on on the modern myths and, and legends is, is what it has. And um, so maybe we do a rhyme one day, maybe we do a, a nice story. We've even posted recipes, I think, before. Yes. Uh, you know, you just did. As a thing. you're being a little <laughs> ridiculous with the bread and milk thing, y'all. Here's a French toast recipe. Um, those types of things. Yeah. So this so, basically it's on point yeah. and and point adjacent all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can only say this will kill you so many times before people tune out. Um, but it gets old for us too. I mean, we get tired of saying it. So, you know, our social media is meant to be social and um, we have a personality to sell. No, we're probably not going to do dance challenges on TikTok, but you never know. Um, but we, we try to show, you know, uh, we want when people go to our page to have a valuable uh, moment uh, with us and get something out of it. Even if it's just a little, you know, a ha ha laugh and a chuckle. They've seen where we're at and can go right. back if they really need us. So um, one of our key trainers teaches about uh, crowds and crowd safety. And mm -hmm. one of the things that he covers in his is um, there was an airline that did just like the normal speech, but totally with, uh, you know, totally with humor. The entire speech was nothing but hilarious. It included all the things about mm -hmm. the life vest and the mask and, you know, buckling your seatbelt, but it was hilarious from beginning to end. and. His point was that somebody had complained to the airline that they, you know, shouldn't be goofy with their safety messaging. And they asked why. And so he went through the whole thing. And what they said is, so you remember the entire speech. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're fine. <laughs> Case in point, message received. <laughs> right. right. So it's a service. 
yeah and, and there's there's going to be the uh, people out there who are pick me pick me um so i'm gonna you know raise an angsty thing just so I, I get picked and somebody is paying attention and answering my question um there are some people who who have not liked it um that much and have you know sent us emails and things but then once we talk to them it's much the same thing and, and there could be some organized misinformation efforts out there. We don't know. Uh, and, and quite frankly, we don't care. Um, the majority of people uh, are getting the message in a way that they have never gotten it before in South mm -hmm. Carolina, at least. Um, and it, it's, you know, we, we tend to focus on, on the people that, that come to us and need assistance um, and need help and, and see uh, the value of pre-planning and and taking the message to heart. Um, just this morning, it was like, I wouldn't know what to do had I not found this page, you know, thanks to some song lyric somebody posted. I was like, okay, that's great. That's what, that's exactly, you know, why we're here. Um, I don't know if we do like a soundtrack or uh, guitar lessons or anything like that, but uh, you <laughs> never know. Um, you never know. But, but you're right. And um, we tend to think of it, well, if you're calling us and you're complaining or you're sending us a message, you're also letting us know you're alive and well. Um, so thank you, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for noticing what we were doing. Because as, as you said, that other stuff tends to be so almost automated seeming that it's possible yeah. they don't realize that there are people that want nothing but the best for them. You know, that's yeah. the, the whole the whole point of people who are into safety is that we want to, in, in our case, we want the event to be what, what you remember. We don't want yeah. someone to get hurt. We don't want that to be the takeaway from the event. Well, and, and social media um, for all of its faults and, and, and successes has really evolved to the point to where you can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, you can be fun. You can show your personality. Uh, you can be funny if you are funny. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a big, if, if you are trying to be funny, people will see right through it. Um, sometimes, you know, the, our, our straightest faced post will get a billion likes and a, and a tons of laughs just because it was taken in a different light, I guess, or um, like our, our post about uh, williams Bryce Stadium um, a couple of weeks ago, we said, no, it wasn't an earthquake. It was just the crowd at williams Bryce stopped calling us. And we legitimately had calls asking if there was an earthquake in downtown Columbia. So, during the so yeah, so, uh -huh. so it's, a, it's a football stadium in Columbia, yeah. South Carolina, for, for those of you who don't know. Um, yeah, University of South Carolina, Gamecocks uh, had a home game. They uh, got a field goal within the first 14 seconds of the game. And, it and just, what's it's the also capacity the of that stadium? It's huge. 80,000. I think about yeah. 80,000 folks. It also happened at the same time as the state fair. So you have two major events happening right in a row. And we got a few calls and a DM, uh, several DMs asking if there had been an earthquake uh, in the Midlands because they felt a rumble or a boom. I guess the, you know, the concrete on the stadium made people think that there was uh, vibrations. And we just posted out. No, no earthquake in the Midlands. That's Williams Bryce Stadium. Stop calling. You want to talk about shares and likes, and you know, people thought we were weighing in on you know, go Carolina. We weren't, but um, you know, we love all of our state schools. But um, <laughs> nice. you know, ESPNU, SEC Network, I mean, and plain old, you know, addressing rumors and myths and things. Post, so there you go. And we we probably get 
one or two direct messages a day asking if some boom or rumble that was an earthquake. And we had three this morning um, just because it's been out there so much this year. Um, so, yeah. so another thing I want to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. when we were dealing with the hurricane in South Carolina and, and while it was a, a fairly severe storm when it hit South Carolina's coast, it was not the experience that Florida yeah. had. Um, yeah. fortunately, oh, hurricane Ian. Uh-huh. yes, hurricane, yeah. the most recent hurricane, hurricane Ian, yep. it is, mm-hmm. uh, November of 2022 when we're recording this, uh, for someone listening to the archives, um, <laughs> uh, you guys stood up, uh, I believe a control center. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that process? And, um, this will be a little bit geeky for, for our listeners, but uh, most of them are more than happy to go there. Can you talk about um, if you use ICS and what that looks like for you guys? We know the planning P very well, I can assure you. <laughs> um, yes. Now, um, whenever it looks like we we could potentially see or experience the landfall of a hurricane, um, I mean, we, we get notifications about, you know, when the things form as a little bit of a wave, not even a tropical storms like, hey, we're watching this wave. Uh, and then we continue to get updates and updates. And then we start seeing the forecasts and, um, you know, the the probability cones and, and all of that, everything that everybody sees um, prior to a storm. But on on our side, we're looking at um, possible scenarios, um, conducting an analysis with our local weather service offices and the National Hurricane Center and the state's climatologists um, and making sure our counties have what they need. If it looks like um, one of the scenarios could involve the uh, potential landfall of a hurricane in South Carolina, uh, then we start to ramp up operations. Um, we we need about 48 hours to evacuate the coast. Uh, that's that's a significant amount of time out of people's day uh, if you're sitting at home waiting on some kind of information. So that evacuation order will typically come when it's a gorgeous day outside. Um, of course, with Ian, um, everybody saw what it was doing in Florida and had people's attention. Um, our issues were the scenarios we're generating um, that we kept looking at involved either it stays on land, goes into Georgia and hits South Carolina from the upstate, mm-hmm. it goes out to sea and then it makes landfall in South Carolina, or it goes you know out and just does nothing after it makes landfall in Florida. Well, our worst case scenario came true. Yeah. Um, the one that said, no, that was not going to happen. Um, the one that everybody said, oh, this is the, you know, the least likely scenario, it, it's going to happen. Well, it's the least likely actually happened. Um, now, it was not as serious or as, as um, dangerous, thank goodness. Um, we had, did have one fatality, and that was just recently confirmed um, by Berkeley County, and that was uh, an individual who got caught in the storm, uh, unfortunately. But for the most part, um, when you compare to how strong that storm was, um we got very very lucky um we were just looking at the damage assessment totals this morning um it looks like 17 homes were destroyed 232 experienced major damage and another 82 homes were affected had minor damage in some way and cost uh state and local governments about 25 million dollars that pales in comparison to what ian did in um, in florida 
And so um, that entire time we're, we're looking at evacuation timelines, we're looking at staffing of resources, we're conducting regular conference calls with the counties, uh, our county emergency operations centers are fully activated, um, even on into the upstate, because if we're looking at an evacuation, everything has to be pre-staged, shelters have to be opened up, you know, and we, we you mentioned ICS, um, we have incident command, um, we have sort of a hybrid because we have the national response framework and incident command sort of as a hybrid model because we have ICS on the center floor and then we have our emergency support functions that report to ICS and so um, I work in what's emergency support function 15 public information um, and then we we organize by responsibility and, and function like traffic management sheltering uh, military resources public health all of those types of things um, I hope that answered your question. It it did. Uh, we we so live events will have control centers and sure, we'll have things that are sim similar to an incident command center. Um, mm -hmm. We we try and and especially the bigger ones work very very closely with law enforcement and other HJs. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, that familiarity and understanding how that all works and understanding mm -hmm. if I'm doing a major event and as you mentioned earlier, there's a mass, mass casualty or any other type of incident that requires mm -hmm. us to bring in significant other external resources. At some point there's a handoff, but there's still, a, as you said earlier, there's a channel that, that stays open where we're working as a partner because we have the boots on the ground information that incident command may not have, you know, and it's, it's right. sort of making sure we understand. And frankly, um, almost everyone that does these events, especially on a big scale, like your festivals and, and all mm -hmm. over, we all make a concerted effort to uh, meet with the, the authorities having jurisdiction ahead of time that they're involved in the planning so that mm -hmm they have their incident command center and we have our control center and those two groups are probably physically close to each other um, yeah. if not in the same room and knowing first of all a, a lot of us have gone through ics uh and nims training and guys that stuff's on fema.gov if if you're like oh yeah i meant to do that that's where you find it yeah. uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes again um but but understanding a little bit of that so since you are the other side of that, let's let's go to the the. There's a big event and something goes sideways, which we never want to happen, but sometimes does, and we need yeah. to pull in. Um, we need to pull in AHJs and and emergency management to help us out. What are you looking for from us? Sure. So um, initially, um, you have a large incident, unplanned, didn't foresee it coming. Our local first responders are probably going to be the first ones uh, to arrive on scene at a 911 call, essentially. Um, ideally, you know, for large events, though, you already have some type of public safety presence and you've got that pre planning in place. Um, you've established, you know, a, a unified command, if you will, for with um, event staff, maybe your public safety agencies, local fire, police, EMS. And so they're already working it. You know, if the response is uh, taxes those resources that are already deployed they would then call back to their agencies who would then you know it, it's it's 
the process is very, very specific in terms of, of how um, we get help very quickly. And it takes longer to explain than it actually happens. And so you've got your local first responders, they call to their agencies and say, we need help. Their agencies who are hopefully connected to the county emergency management office or maybe the municipal emergency management office. They would then request resources if they couldn't pull it in uh, from you know, the county. They would then follow what mutual aid channels they have, maybe a neighboring county if it's law enforcement, they could call up to the state. And some of these things are already happening. Like they've already let us know that something's going on so we can be prepared. Um, if they call it to the state, we'd pull from another state agency. If it's so big in scale uh, that it taxes all of state resources and local resources or anything done by mutual aid, the governor would declare a state of emergency. We could pull in from neighboring states, bring in federal resources. Um, if it looks like it's going to be a bad disaster, we would get the president to do an emergency declaration to free up you know, federal urban search and rescue teams, FEMA programs and all of that. And then if the scope and scale meets the criteria of a major disaster, the president would declare a disaster for the state of South Carolina, maybe some select counties, and that would activate certain recovery programs and we can start to get to a new normal again. And I know since we're both in South Carolina, we're we are using South Carolina, but I'm assuming sure. that other states and territories are very similar in how that all works. That is, yeah, that's the standard process for um, the entire country because it falls under like the, it, it falls under federal regulations, essentially, you know, the so, Robert so T. Staff. So those of y'all in Texas, same thing. Oregon, same thing. <laughs> Texas, yes, that similar setup. Oregon, OEM, and and we're a small community, so we kind of know each other uh, a little bit. Uh, Florida Division of Emergency Management, we're very close with them and stand by to assist uh, any way they request. Um, North Carolina DPS. Um, Georgia Homeland Security. I'm just calling off the names, but I'm actually seeing faces in my head of, of who is working at these agencies. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I can tell you live events, it's the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> There's a absolutely. remarkably small number of people that, that, oh, sure. that do this. Um, oh, this it, is fantastic. Remarkably small people who choose to do this. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about half of us feel like we were tricked into it. Yeah, there you go. Same <laughs> boat. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, totally us. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not what I thought backstage was yeah. at all. And before we realized it, we were addicted to it, right? <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. All right. So what other pearls of wisdom do you think would yeah. help people uh, as they are doing their risk assessments for their events? Um, you know, and those of us in, in this particular community, we're following all sorts of things like pieces of equipment falling and crowd crush incidents across the world. You know, so these are things that are all on our mind. What what sort of uh, advice or tools um, would emergency management be able to offer sure. in the well, planning? Joke, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you just reminded me of, uh, of a joke we like to say, you know, we like to say we're the party planners or the event planners of the public safety uh, profession. Um, so, or the event planners, if you will. Um, so the skills uh, that, that you use um, to plan for events, you can, we apply very similar skills, if not the same skills to planning for emergencies. It, it's a lot of the 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 same um, pathways in your brain, if you will, and a lot of the same structures. So um, it, it's not too much of a leap to say, 
uh, you know, the things that you guys are already doing uh, to plan for major events to make sure everybody has a good time and that, you know, the, the focus of the event uh, maintains and is re retains the focus um, is the most important thing. You know, just take into those contingencies, you know, take a few minutes and do the what ifs. If uh, you think that something might happen, you know, it could be as simple as, well, what's our rainy day plan? um if it's an outdoor event or yeah, that's, just for the record we, that's not simple but go on <laughs> exactly oh no you're absolutely right it is not simple at all um especially in the south when uh it, it gets a lot of rain and then it stops you're like well and it's a beautiful day and we just made all these changes and plans um so yeah you know the rainy day but also you know maybe get plugged in uh, as much as you can to um, county emergency management, not necessarily, yes, police, yes, fire, yes, EMS, but your local emergency management office is connected to all of those already, or at least they should be, and they can help you more so than any in terms of the planning and the pre-staging. They may decide to stand up their EOC for your event, depending on it. We have one county that has a a uh, very large um, bass tournament uh, every single year. They stand up their emergency operations center. They have a, a mobile command that they deploy just because they have so many people coming in. So, uh, and I think they get exercise credits who I can't remember, but um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that you know, it saves you steps by going directly to the local emergency management office. So you don't have to go individually to fire EMS and police and say, I have to do this, mm -hmm. bring them in early. Like I said before, ask for the help before you think you need it. Uh, and they can probably help you uh, because they know the areas so well. Um, navigate, you know, certain things within the county or the city that you might have not been able to before. That's fantastic. Well, I wanted to thank you very much for joining me today. This has been very interesting. And a lot of this, you know, is analogous to what those of us in live events and spe specifically safety in live events are Absolutely. doing again translate that and there's resources in our local emergency management offices so that's that's a great resource to be aware of any final words before we sign off you know if you guys are like us your team is your family uh, and you put safety first uh, above everything uh, in addition to making sure your event goes off. Um, we're trying to close the event as quickly as we possibly can because our events to us are disasters. Um, <laughs> but there is a difference between an event and an incident. Um, try to make sure two don't become one as much as you can. But if they do, have a plan. That's fantastic. And with those pearls of wisdom, we're going to go ahead and end this pod. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, guys, go ahead and Check it out the website, eventsafetyalliance.org, and we will put links to South Carolina Emergency Management Division. Say that again, S-E-E-M-D, in the show notes so you guys can go and check that out too. Thanks so much, everybody. Stay safe. <laughs>